welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture Double Date. Um, this week, uh, for those that are listening, we are talking about Creed 2, um, the film with Michael Jordan and um, Sylvester Stallone and um, Tessa Thompson as well. Um, it's a, kind of like a sequel to Creed 1, which was in turn a spin-off of Rocky. I'm joined tonight by my usual crew of Maggie, Gerald, and Anija. Say hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. Um, and tonight, this is going to be a full spoilers podcast. We're going to watch our language. So if there's anybody out there that um, is concerned about language, we'll try to keep the swearing to a minimum to, or nothing tonight. Um, yeah, and so let's get started talking about Creed 2. Um, so why don't I give a quick overview of what Creed 2 was about? And tonight we might switch things up a bit and... I'll just continue monologuing, and um, I'll, I'll give my impressions first tonight. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so Creed 2 is basically the, um, the continuing story of Adonis Creed, who was Apollo Creed's son. Adonis Creed is a heavyweight boxer. His father, Apollo Creed, was also heavyweight champion of the world in the Rocky film universe. And Adonis, in the first film, um, is actually beaten by the world champion, but um, like in Rocky One, like the the event of getting beaten, sort of him getting beaten, him showing the heart in the fight, actually sort of skyrockets him to sort of um, fame. It allows him to get out of the fight. So we start this film with um, Adonis basically, um, Adonis Creed basically winning the heavyweight championship of the world, um, and then we we kind of see him like you know we see his relationship with his wife. We see him kind of. Um, uh, propose to his wife and like it's kind of like follows his story from when he becomes heavyweight champion of the world and then there's and then he basically um, a guy calls him out to he he wants to fight him right so he's just become heavyweight champion of the world and the son of the man who killed Apollo Creed Adonis's father so Apollo Creed was killed in the ring in Rocky 4 by Ivan Drago in a highly melodramatic movie scene where basically he gets his lights knocked out in the ring and then he just dies from the concussion from Ivan Drago's blows, right? So um, Ivan Drago, it's shown, has been training his son, Victor, and uh, basically a promoter approaches Adonis and says, look, we need to set up this fight. Um, It's a big deal, right? So anyway, against the wishes of Rocky, Adonis proceeds with a fight. He gets beaten really, really badly, and basically, I mean, that's a massive spoiler, sorry, that was a massive spoiler, but yep, Adonis gets beaten really badly, and the rest of the film is basically about his redemption, him becoming a father, his reconciliation with Rocky, um, and basically, eventually, his fight with Victor Drago, which he wins, right? Um, So I think that's like a summary of Creed 2. I don't think it's a summary that really does it justice because I absolutely love this film. It's like probably one of my favorite films of the year. I think it's like a really fun film. I think it's a really heartwarming film. I actually think it's an awesome family film. Um, it And like, I think it's actually about something as well, right? I think there is um, quite a few, well, a couple of 
deeper themes at play. Um, I think, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I think there's a really strong theme of family that runs through it that's, like, really well explored. There's, a, there's like, a theme of sort of motivation and kind of having kind of, like, the right motivations. Um, so, yeah, I think this was, like, a really good, wholesome film, right? It, it felt like it was... I, I left this film with kind of a smile on my face, right? And to be honest, it was also a really wholesome film because I didn't feel like there was... There was a villain in inverted commas, but there wasn't really a villain villain. Like you kind of understood where the villain was kind of coming from as well. So yeah, I thought this was a really like it, it was just it was just such a nice film for me to watch, right? It was fun, it was about something, it made me feel sort of um warm and tingly inside. I thought it was great. So that that's my initial impressions. Um who wants to go next? Uh, I'll, I'll go next. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I really enjoyed the movie too. I found it incredibly entertaining. Um, uh, I loved um, the journeys of the three main male characters and how they sort of took the story, took them through almost like a redemption story. So that's Adonis Creed, Rocky, as well as Ivan Drago. Um, I totally agree with you, Darren, as well at the end. Um, there really were no villains, and it was almost like showing the other story, the other side of um, your opponent's um, story. That really, it's not, it's not really a villain or the other. It's just another story. Um, absolutely loved the training montages. They were awesome, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious, yeah. and also awesome, um, and a lot of symbolism in those training montages. Um, and I also thought it was quite a stylish film as well, the way in which they sh- they shot it. Um, so overall, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Cool. Awesome. Um, we'll delve into some of those um, things that you raised later, Mags, like around shots that we like, that sort of thing as well. Um, Jerry, Anager, who wants to shoot next? Yeah, I, I really loved it. I thought it was so much fun. I wasn't really looking forward to it going in because it's been a while since I've seen Creed and I feel really uncomfortable around boxing. So it took me a little bit of time to sort of get used to that. But um, I did get used to it. And, um, yep, like Mag said, it was – it had I, – I loved how they set up the villain. Um, at the beginning, right at the beginning, they do set him up as a very kind of classical villain when he you just see Victor in that match with someone else and Victor just completely um, beats this other person senseless and um, you see him as this almost this incredible Hulk type character. But then as the movie develops and you hear more about, and you know, they, him and his father both come off as these like mean Russians, basically these tough mean Russians. But as the movie develops and you get more of their backstory and you see that, you know, Victor's had it really, really, really tough and Ivan's had it tough too. His wife has left him. His con- their country has kind of turned their back on them. They've really fallen from grace all because because Rocky beat Ivan um, back in Russia um, many years ago. And um, just very, there are some just really sad moments where, you know, Ivan says to Victor, you know, your mum left us because, you know, I lost and, and, and you've got to pretty much win to somehow regain a sense of worth or regain her love somehow. Um, 
And yeah, I like Maggie said, I love the training montages. I really liked the training in the desert sequence. Um, it was so fun. The music was fun. Um, it was kind of unusual to, to, to see them, to see, um, Creed train in that tire. You know how they have to step into this tire and they have to sort of box at really, in really close quarters to teach him a different boxing style. And that was fun. Um, yeah, like Maggie said, there was a lot of symbolism in there. Um, I think the part where uh, Creed has to carry these weights on his head to sort of um, strengthen his neck muscles kind of reminded me of Atlas, you know, carrying the the world on his shoulders, and it, it was yeah, it was really awesome. Um, I loved that. At, should, can we talk about the end, or should we just talk about should we talk about specific bits or just general impressions? Uh, let's do general impressions first, and then, yeah. and then we can drill down into specific bits. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I just loved it, but it was really good. Um, yes, I I really enjoyed this movie as well. Um, I'm not a big boxing fan. I, I like the the the, the myths that come out of boxing i think boxing in the past has produced the best sports writing and i really like boxing movies both um raging bull and the original rocky were great films and i even liked michael mann's ali despite the fact that it is bloated to the max um i was a real sucker for the original creed um and to this day before i have a big day in court I actually listened to the Creed soundtrack to pump me up. <laughs> um, it's, it's sad, but it's true. And yeah. look, I went into this movie prepared to love it because it, it was going to be a sequel to Creed. It was going to be a sequel to Rocky IV. It was Creed versus Drago in the next generation. And um, even though I don't think the film quite reaches the heights of the of the original Creed, um, and I don't think Stephen Cable Jr. is quite the filmmaker that Ryan Coogler is. Um, I really enjoy this film. What was what was particularly striking about this movie is uh, the boxing in this one, though perhaps less stylishly shot, felt a whole lot more brutal than the than the first movie. And um, you don't merely see um, Adonis Creed get knocked out cold as he does from time to time, or, or at least as he did once in in his fight against pretty uh, Rick Conlon at the end of the original Creed, you see him suffer a lot of pain. He howls in pain whenever he whenever he gets a, a really really nasty body shot, and so there was a there was a real visceral sense of brutality in this film that that took the boxing scenes I think and the boxing choreography um, above and beyond what we saw in the first Creed. So all in all. Um, not quite as good overall a film as, as the original, but there were there were parts of it that were very striking, and the package was entirely entertaining. Yeah, cool. Okay, I, I think we generally agree that this is a pretty good film. I gotta say, I, I you know, Jerry, it's interesting that you said you thought Creed One was better than this film. Um, my recollection of Creed One is not super strong. But like, I, I definitely feel like this this Creed two left a really lasting impression on me. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think, to be honest, I mean, let's just delve into some of the some of the things that we liked specifically about this film. Like, to be honest, I really love that even though this was like this sort of boxing sports film, like this there's this theme of family that kind of runs throughout this film. 
um, mm. in a really strong and poignant sort of way, and not family in like a Fast and Furious way, where they just keep throwing that word out right? <laughs> without while like there are exploding cars and everything, right? I mean, you, you take that, you take that. Back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Family, so much family. But yeah, like I thought that in this film, like so, th- this idea of like family being a sort of important support in your life, because basically. Um, you know, Rocky can be kind of seen as part of his extended family. He's got his mum, he's got his wife. And the reality is that, like, you, you throughout this film, you see all these aspects, these um, loved ones, these family members in his life, and they're the ones that kind of prop him up when kind of he's in his time of need, right? So when he loses to Victor, it's kind of... You know, his mum gives him kind of the stern talking to. His wife sticks by him, even though he starts kind of... You have this scene, like, which I loved, which was like, like, Adonis basically, he loses to... Well, he doesn't lose to Victor. It's like a no contest, right? Because Victor, like, gets disqualified for, like, punching him when when Adonis is on the ground, right? But Creed, basically, he goes through this funk, right? And there's a great scene where he's kind of in this pool doing rehab, and he just gives this howl in the pool, right? And he basically kind of starts retreating into himself, right? And his wife says as much that, like, you know, he's not connecting with me as much. But despite that, his wife kind of stays by his stays by his side, continues to support him, right? Like, his mum gives him kind of a stern talking to. Like, his mum is kind of like, I'm not going to baby you in anymore, but I'm here to help you, right? And then you have kind of the godfather character, well, I mean, like, not in a mafia way, but like a godfather way, like, um, of Rocky Balboa, who kind of, you know, kind of gives him his space when he needs to, and then comes back, comes back into his life when he needs to as well. So this idea of like a really supporting, supportive set of relationships, building like, support, like, helping this guy kind of achieve what he needs to achieve is really important. I think also linked to this idea of family is kind of um, his daughter. So, um, like, so he has... One of the great things I th- I liked about this film was that he has this daughter, um, and his wife, um, who's played by Tessa Thompson, um, Bianca, is I think she's hearing impaired. I don't know if she's, she's de- fully deaf, but she's hearing impaired, right? And <laughs> she, she's losing it. She's losing her hearing. It's, we, we learn it's in the progressive. first that, that that she'll be completely deaf in a couple of years. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So anyway, so th- she knows that it's genetic, and they're sort of uh, unsure whether they've passed it on to um, her daughter or not, uh, like their daughter or not, right? And then there's this heartbreaking scene when they're kind of. Um, doing the tests on the daughter's hearing, and it seems like her daughter also has the same issue, right? And Adonis kind of breaks down a little bit. And, um, you know, there's this beautiful scene from where Rocky kind of sits down with him and basically goes, you know, why why are you so sad for her? Because she's not going to be sad for herself. She's not going to take pity on yourself. She doesn't need your pity, Right, mm-hmm. so this like I love that, right? Because it, it's like such a sort of strong, positive message. Just because mm. you know, like you know, the daughter might be have uh, an impairment, I guess, in some ways, like a physical impairment. It doesn't sort of lessen who she can be as a person, right? And this idea that you can kind of be who who you can who you can be with the support of your family and all this type of stuff, 
Like, I think it's a really strong message that gets sent out through this film. I thought it was a really feel-good message that came out of this film, right? And then this idea of family obviously also is sort of involved, like, is kind of shown in Ivan and Victor's kind of relationship. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, linked to this kind of idea of family is this idea of family legacy as well. So I think in some ways this is probably more of the crux of the film, which is that... Um, like, Adonis Creed is kind of living in the shadow of Apollo Creed, right? And, um, like, it's strongly basically implied that the reason he gets into the original fight with Victor Drago, even though everybody says you shouldn't do it right now, is because he feels obligated to because, you know, this was the son of the man who killed his father and like he's you know he's the heavyweight champion of the world so it's a sense of obligation rather than that rather than being motivated by like wanting to take the fight right like wanting to fight this guy wanting to test himself that sort of thing right feels obligated to do it it's because you're you're living under the shadow of someone else's legacy right um and in the same way you kind of have this exact sort of mirror image with victor right where um Victor is kind of living under the legacy of his father as well, because his father is, like, really kind of pushing him, and, you know, like, um, there's a sense of, like, that Ivan is kind of driven by, like, he needs, Ivan needs Victor in order to prove themselves to the Russian boxing world, essentially, right? So Victor is also living under kind of his father's shadow, and that's kind of also what causes Victor to not to, like, fight the way he does. And to be honest, it's actually what, like, costs Victor the world championship to start with, right? Because he wins that fight, the first fight, fair and square. But the reason he loses, why it's called a no contest, is because he lets his, like, this sense of vengeance sort of overtake him, and he punches this guy when he's kind of on the ground, right? When he punches Creed on the ground. So there's, there's that sort of, the weight of legacy, and basically that you only are able to grow as a person when you kind of transcend that sense of obligation, right? Like, the sense that, um, you know, the, that family legacy isn't a, that shouldn't be a weight on your shoulders. It should be something that, you know, motivates you to drive yourself to do greater, greater things for yourself, not just because the family is this sort of pressure on you, right? So, um, I really, really love that. And I actually, there's this scene in this film where, that I thought was beautifully shot, where they're kind of in when he takes the daughter to the gym so that she'll stop crying and then he ba- it's basically a moment when he kind of realizes that he actually does love boxing as well right so he's sitting there with his do- daughter and he starts punching the bag and then there's this kind of realization and then there's this great shot where there's this in the window of this gym there's a picture of Apollo Creed and then within this picture of Apollo like Adonis is standing in front of this picture of Apollo Creed, and then he's holding his daughter. So there's this nested image of three generations of Creed, which I thought was like really beautiful and really played into this mm. idea of family um, in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, Joey, yeah. I would say in rel- it's a, it, it really is very much um, central to the film the, the notion of family and family legacy, and it's played on in a couple of ways. So you have, for example. Um, Adonis Creed himself uh, reconciling himself with his father's legacy and in a sense going beyond it by uh, vanquishing Victor Drago um, 
so that the 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 need let me let me take a step back in the first film um we meet Adonis Creed or rather Adonis Johnson because his his surname at the, he only adopts the, the the Creed surname halfway through the first Creed and halfway through the final fight against pretty uh, Rick Conlon he so he tells um, Rocky Balboa that he has to do this because he has to prove to himself that he he wasn't a mistake because he was of course Apollo Creed's illegitimate son taken in and adopted by um, Apollo Creed's widow played by Felicia Rashad. So so he by the end of the first film has proven to to himself that he's not a mistake, but that doesn't fully reconcile him. Um, to the shadow cast by his father, and that's the journey of this film. And so we get the, the the theme of family played out in that way, and then it's played out in two other ways. I think I think we have um, in the story of Ivan Drago uh, a depiction of how um, sometimes a, ma- a man has to let go of the quest for his legacy in order to discover his family. Because for much of the film, uh, Ivan Drago is the quintessential Tiger Dad. He's very, very hard on Victor, and, he, and he's trying to motivate Victor by saying, look, we lost everything. We lost your mother. She left us uh, because, because of the, the specter of defeat. And so that's why you've got to go out there and break this man. And for much of the film, um, he's, he's in that vein. But at the very end, um, he discovers that his son's welfare is more important to him than the legacy that his son can vindicate by defeating or standing toe-to-toe with Adonis Creed. So he throws the towel in, doing something that Rocky Balboa failed to do when he was in the training corner for Apollo Creed at the beginning of Rocky IV. Yeah. So um, Ivan Drago appreciates that his son's welfare, that his, that his obligations as a father transcend and have a greater claim on him than he... Uh, than, um, the, the legacy that he's seeking to resuscitate through his son. And the theme of family also finds itself played out in the, in the arc of Rocky Balboa. Um, now, in the first Creed, Bal- Rocky Balboa is a very sad character, just as he is at the, in the first hour of the original Rocky. He's a loner. There's, there are very, very few people. There's no one in his life at the start of, at the start of Creed. Adrian has died. Paulie has died. Mickey died a long time ago. Um, and so he's on his own. He's just he's he's lost his fortune, and he's just running Adrian's restaurant. And he's living uh, with the ghosts of the past, um, talking talking to Adrian's grave, completely estranged from his son Robert. Um, even though I thought they had some sort of reconciliation in Rocky Balboa, so um, he he's an extremely sad figure. And and Creed comes into his life and gives him you know Creed becomes a sort of surrogate son. And gives him another reason to live, and allows him to fight through his battle with cancer in the first Creed. And in this movie, the story of Rocky Balboa is letting go of his surrogate son, because at at one point near the final fight, he says, "Well, after the final fight, he and Adonis Creed share a fist bump, and he says to Adonis Creed, it's your time now.' And I think, in a meta way, this is this is Sylvester Stallone really passing the torch to Michael B. Jordan." And saying you can do this on your own, and he is at that point uh, driven to reconcile with his estranged son, uh, Robert. So he's, he's 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 letting his surrogate son go because, in a sense, Adonis Creed doesn't need him anymore. 
Um, and what he really has to do is is fix up his real family. Mm. Um, and so he takes he takes a step towards that at the, at the end of the film. So um, so we have we have you know family and family legacy playing out sometimes in opposition, sometimes in tension, sometimes overlapping with each other in various ways throughout the film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like when when you put it like that, Jerry, it's it, it's it's like I think this is kind of why I love this film so much, right? Because it feels like. It feels like a well-thought-out film, right? Because these themes, like the way you've described it, it runs through all of these arcs in a really sort of strong, um, intentional way, right? Um, and, like, this film is so much, so much more, like, so much superior to some of the later Rocky films. Like, the reality is that this film is miles ahead of what Rocky Four actually was, right? And it feels like... Why I love this film is because it feels like this perfect combination of the emotional gravitas and character work of the original Rocky film, the first Rocky film that Sly wrote, right? The one, he won like a, got nominated or won an Academy Award for screenwriting. And then the subsequent, so basically the original Rocky film was this sort of quite slow, actually, um, character. And depressing. Yeah, like this slow, depressing, character-driven piece. And then the subsequent Rocky films kind of became this more pageantry, like almost pseudo-action film style of filmmaking, where it was basically... It becomes a superhero. Yeah, exactly, right? And in this film, it kind of takes that super fight aspect, you know, the big pageantry of the super fight, and then it couples it with that sort of character-driven drama. And I think it makes this really compelling film as a result. Like, I think the first Creed was like that, and they've managed to kind of really do that again in this second Creed. So, yeah, I think it's it's quite special in that way. Um, Yeah. And did you want to talk a little bit about... Yeah. Look, completely agree. I really love the way they developed the theme of family. Um, you know, I I really liked how when Creed is just broken in that boxing ring um, against Victor, um, you know, he's completely crushed his ribs. He's just in a really bad way emotionally, physically, because Victor, after all, is a nobody, right? It's not like he is a champion. He seems to have come from nowhere. Um, he's um, even Rocky says this guy is fresh. He's a newbie. Um, so it's 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 crushing. Um, and after that happens, he really distances himself from his family. So he he distances himself from his wife, he or his fiance, and he also distances himself from his child. And initially, her hearing deficit is like the reason that or it's kind of it's the thing around it's the thing that he uses to distance himself um because he's very sad about it he's he feels like like you said he feels sorry for himself and even though he gets all this advice that it's okay she's not feeling sorry for herself she's still an amazing human being beautiful baby um he you know he's he's uncomfortable with it and he distances himself from both of them. Um, and then it's really when he kind of 
takes a bit of time to get to know his daughter. Um, you know, he has that day where he has to look after her and he's really struggling because he can't get her to stop crying. And he kind of invites her into his realm by taking her into that boxing training um, room, somewhere that he hasn't been able to go himself for a really long time since he was defeated. He invites her into his space and she kind of, you know, she's there with him as he re-enters it. And, um, you know, that's when he rediscovers boxing. He's got his family with him when he does that. So I think that's quite symbolic and um, it's very beautiful. So, yeah, it was awesome to see him grow emotionally throughout this as well. And again, you know, the importance of family support to success um, plays out with um, Victor, right? So, Victor's mother makes an appearance several the woman we all assume is Victor's mother makes an appearance several times throughout this film um but where it's really really like crushing is in the final match Victor's mother who is now married to some bigwig in the boxing industry turns up to watch Victor um fight Creed and you know she stays throughout the whole match um uh, Victor can see her there. He keeps looking at her. And then towards the end, when Victor starts to lose and is clearly losing, she just gets up and she leaves. And there's this moment where Victor, you know, he's really taking a beating. But every time he stands up, he takes a beating and he stands up. And there's this one time where he takes a beating and he looks over and she's not there. And it just really affects his ability to be able to stand up. And that was just so sad. Um, but again, it just goes to how important, like, the support of people you love um, or, you know, should love you is for, in your ability to thrive and succeed and be okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's amazing that this fun boxing this, movie can, can play yeah. all of that out. So th- there's this, one there's one other there's one other thing that I want to point out about that scene when 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 um, Ivan Drago's ex-wife walks out on 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 the match and that is that Victor looks looks in her general direction and sees that she is gone but not only that but but Ivan notices this notice that he's looked in in that mm-hmm. general direction and that's what in a sense prompts him to to throw the towel in because he knows that this that her her walking out on on Victor has, has left such an emotional scar on Victor that he is prepared to go all 15 rounds and allow himself to be clobbered halfway to death, if not to death, um, in order to try and reclaim her. And that's when he feels the need to step in and say, look, son, I'm throwing the towel in. There's no need, you know, your life is more important than the hole uh, left in both our lives when your mother went out. And so, um, so that was a particularly poignant way to handle and to conclude um, the arc of both Victor and yeah, Ivan. yeah, and that scene at the end when um, they're jogging together, Ivan and that's, Victor are jogging together. Crazy, yeah. It was such a great scene because they actually both look like they're at peace and happy, and Victor looks over at his father and just this tiny little smile, and it's just so beautiful. Yeah, I got to say that I, I think what I mean that's the this feeling that you get after you watch this film, there's this feel-good feeling, right? Because the villains in inverted commas, Ivan and Victor, like, they're actually really important characters in the narrative of this film. They're not just... Like, I read actually some reviews where they said that they thought that Victor and Ivan were not properly developed, and I actually really disagree with that. I, I find that they didn't say a lot, 
But I actually thought it was like, look, Dolph Lundgren was was not known in his day for being an amazing actor, but I thought he was great in this, right? And I actually mm. thought the guy who played Victor was amazing as well because they didn't talk a lot, but the way they use kind of their body language, I mean, they kind of start off as just like really angry, mean Russians, but that's they're so much more than that, right? Like you feel like this emotional depth, you feel this raw sort of anger and like sense of like need to sort of, redeem himself coming from like Ivan and like Victor is like this guy who kind of like is living with his dad's legacy and living with this cloud and his mum leaving him and all this like I feel like they are able to convey that sense of like pathos in like very few words just kind of with their body body language and that like I felt like they were really well-developed characters and I actually am really keen like I I'd be down to see a spin-off with Victor Drago, right? Like, Drago. I, yeah, I, I thought that was, I thought they were really great characters, honestly. Like, um, they they totally redeemed the character of Ivan Drago. The character of Ivan Drago before this film was a meme, right? Like, basically, he was, char- he was a complete cartoon villain. Like, exactly. All he all he, all he did. I mean, the, in the in Rocky Four, he's basically more machine than man because. One of the things that Rocky Four does is set up the way Rocky trains, which is naturally no drugs, uh, no no steroids, no, uh, and he's not a. He's, Ivan Drago was basically created in a lab. Yeah. Uh, if you look at his training routine, he's he's basically training in a lab, whereas um, whereas Rocky is training in some shack in the snow and sort of like dragging a tire around. But, uh, but uh, and so and so, you know. Ivan Drago was he was even less than one dimensional. He was subhuman. <laughs> he he didn't bear, he barely registered as human. He was more a terminator than he was a human being. And and what this movie gives the character of Ivan Drago is um a humanity that was that he's been lacking for the last uh the last three decades. Yeah, look, ab- absolutely, absolutely ag- agree with that, right? Like it's yeah. Um yeah, the Dragos were Awesome characters, yeah. This this film would not have been the same film if the Dragos were not around. Um, yeah, Anager, there were some other points that you alluded to earlier in the podcast. Do you want to have a quick chat about that? Well, my my only point is, um, like Gerald said, um, you know, there's a point where Rocky kind of hands over the torch to Creed um, and says, "Yep," and and you know, the implication is, you know, you can do it on your own now. Do we think that? he's going to be able to do it on his own because to me, Rocky is a huge part of these movies. Um, I wasn't actually sure that he was in this one because like I said, I wasn't that enthusiastic initially about watching it. And so I didn't know. And when I heard his voice, I, it just, like I really loved hearing his voice and realizing he was going to be part of it. And what do we think? Like, is it going to be as good without Rocky in it in the future? Um, it's really interesting that you bring that up, right? Because I... So, before we get into that, I love Sly Stallone in this film, right? Like, I mean, Sly Stallone has made some horrible films, right? And mm. people give him so much, like, stick about being not a very good actor. But he was awesome in this role. Like, he was really good. Yeah, he is, right? He's playing this, like, um, sort of, sort of like, well-meaning kind of 
Italian guy. He's got all these like yeah. really I- Italian mannerisms about him, like the way yeah. he talks, the little like his turns of phrase yeah. and stuff. I thought it was amazing. And then you compare that to his performance in Rocky One, and there are mannerisms that are kind of like the way he bounces the ball. The ball is from Rocky One because from Rocky One he's constantly ba- bouncing the ball because he's <laughs> fidgety, right? So he's got this well. ball, and like there's the way he talks and like. All these yeah. like little things kind of translate across into these films. I feel like he he put on a really good display in this in this film, right? Mm. And the f- character was of Rocky was so endearing, right? Like he's like he's just this really good guy. You know what I mean? Like he's mm. he's like yeah. probably not the brightest guy. He's got a you know a fierce fighting acumen. Like clearly he's very intelligent when it comes to fighting knowledge but he's not like a really sort of you know he's not like a clever businessman or anything like that he's just a really sweet man right and like i think i mean the scene where they repeat the scene where he kind of is in front of adrian's grave and that scene almost brought me to tears right like he was Mm. so sweet during that scene right the way he was talking Mm. to his wife and that sense of loss that he kind of is able to capture in those scenes. Yeah, I, I thought Rocky was, was was really good, yeah. I really liked the scene where he was um, in his apartment talking to the council, trying to get them to fix his light. I thought that was a really cute scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I that mean, just... The mags, go, go. <laughs> Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think that just demonstrated that sort of, it's like that little insight into Sly Stallone's um, love of the character Rocky. Yeah, it's kind of like this everyman scene, right? It's this really mundane sort of thing that you get an insight into him. It's, it's, it's really, yeah, it's really quite well done. Jerry? Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely right. And, um, and I like the way that the character has evolved um, uh, since the since the very beginning of the franchise. I mean, when we first read, meet Rocky Balboa, um, he, he is he's still well meaning. He's still nice, although you know people still people now question the perhaps less than entirely consensual nature of his first date with Adrian. And but that's a, that's a question for the, for another day. And when when we first meet him, he also he's just very talkative. He just does not shut up. He's just spraying verbal diarrhea, and he's he's now he's 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 become the world the the world has taken away from him everything that he that he's he's ever loved. And I think that's that's a that's something that the that Sylvester Stallone did with the character beginning with the movie of uh, the of Rocky Balboa in two thousand and six. So when we see Rocky in that movie when he comes out of retirement for one last fight. Um, Adrian has died. Paulie is still around, but Bobby, his son, is like totally ashamed of him. Bobby has now become some like a Wall Street banker or something, and um, and so this note of sadness that that we we detected in the Rocky Balboa of the original film has been restored to him, and that's perhaps the most um, that's perhaps the feature of the character with with which um, we can all relate most. I think the fact that he is a guy who you know, sort of has was good at one thing, wants to be wants to be as good at that one thing as he can, but wants to wants a whole bunch wants wants you know other things as well, wants a wants a life as well, and he succeeds, but then life takes away from him everything that he's ever loved, and so he's he's he is he is essentially a broken man. But when we first see him in in 
in Creed, and so he's become he's become even more endearing um, as as these films have progressed. And uh, and I think if this is to be Sylvester Stallone's swan song, as it were, as as Rocky Balboa, um, and he's publicly indicated as much in an Instagram post, then I think it was a it was a lovely grace note to send him off on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think to add to this point of Rocky, I think the key character trait of Rocky, right? Like, if there's one defining character trait of Rocky, it's heart, right? Like, the whole point mm. of this character is that he has this huge heart, and it's it's the heart that allows him to keep getting up after getting beaten up so badly in the boxing ring. It's a heart that kind of allows him to kind of, like, love his wife the way he does, and then, like, to... So, basically... Like, throughout these Creed films, Jerry's right, like, they take all this stuff kind of away from Rocky, but, like, you kind of still see that heart of a champion kind of beating there, right? And he is able to kind of, he fights his way back up a little bit, right? Not, not obviously to, like, world champion, it's kind of like, internally, he kind of is able to pick himself up off the mat. So, yeah, I, I think that, that was, that was quite special. Um... Yeah, like, to, to your point about Rocky not being there, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Creed needs to... I really don't know where they're going to take this franchise next. Um, mm. I think it will be interesting, because if you think about it, right, all those Rocky films, like, the, the Rocky films themselves are an arc where Rocky kind of has all these sort of people that kind of support him, and then they kind of drop off, right? And mm. he needs to, like, figure out how to live without all those people. And I think with Creed, it, it may kind of be like that as well. Like, it, I mean, it's... So, Rocky's initial trader, trainer, Burgess Mer- Meredith, Mickey, right? So, I think Mickey is around with him until Rocky three. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So, I feel like Rocky takes on the role of Mickey in these Creed films, and I feel like it's part of the evolution of the character to lose the sort of the old trainer, the old wise trainer, and to be able to mm-hmm. kind of like find his own way without that voice of wisdom necessarily gaining, like being there. It's kind of like that, the hero journey thing where like mm-hmm. at some point you're initially guided by the voice of wisdom, but at some point you need to take that wisdom into yourself. And then eventually you become the voice of wisdom and you pass it on to the next generation, right? It's that traditional sort of, the cycle, the hero cycle arc sort of thing, right? So, mm. yeah. Um, it will be, uh, it'd be interesting to see if Sly actually will stop doing these films, though, because I imagine they're quite lucrative for him as well. Mm. So, yeah. Well, he, he could still continue being a producer, but not in the character of Rocky. Um, and the two movies are called Creed and Creed 2, not Rocky. So yeah. it's possible. It's possible. It was sort of a, a launching pad for the sort of ne- next pantheon of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting to note that Sly co-screen wrote this, um, this film as well. Mm. So, yeah, like I, I think a lot of these little notes that we see from the original Rocky are probably because Sly actually had this, had an active hand in penning the script. So, um, yeah. Um, do we want to have a quick chat about the training montages and the fight scenes. I would love to chat about the training montages. <laughs> mm. um, 
I thought the training montages were so <coughs> hilarious and awesome. <laughs> I, I loved Victor Drago's training in Russia, where he, he does... There's this scene where he's doing battle ropes and he's doing, you know, the big, thick ropes mm, and he's doing the push-off. Yep. He does this, like... Yep. Battle ropes on the ground on a plank, and then he does this huge power push off, does them in the air, goes back down, does another push off, and it's just like this yeah. is nuts, right? Like I feel like films nowadays with the training montages, they just have to like take it to the next. <laughs> like <laughs> you basically have to have these guys show some sort of ridiculous exercise that no one's ever seen before <laughs> for it to be like <laughs> a viable train. Like even like Adonis's, like as you said, there's a scene in the. Um, desert where like basically he puts his foot in the tire and the aim of it is to just get brutalized by this other guy right while he's in the tire it's just like what um yeah uh Max you like the training sequences as well right yeah all of the above everything that you just said absolutely yeah especially the mallet into the desert for no particular reason Oh, yeah, that's that right. Was... And then he digs the big hole in the desert from his repeated malleting <laughs> off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I presume then he has to, like, lift himself out of it, which is yet another. <laughs> yeah, that's another exotic exercise to add. What I loved is that, you know, to prepare for a fight in Russia, he goes to the Arizona desert. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice though the symbolism it's conditioning. of that? It's conditioning it is conditioning but did you notice the symbolism right where um victor is forged in ice right because his initial so you know victor like there's this there's four sets of training montages two for victor two for um adonis right and they're basically the first fight and the second fight and they reverse they're like reverses of each other right because Adonis is training out of the proper boxing gym in the first one, and Victor is training, like, basically, like, just in the streets of the Ukraine, where it's snowing and it's, like, freezing cold, right? And Mm. then in the second fight, it's the exact reverse, where Victor is training out of this high-tech Russian facility, right? And Adonis is, instead of training in the extreme cold, is training in the extreme heat, right? Like, it's like this sort of weird and it plays back on this song of ice and fire it is a song of ice and fire and this idea somehow that like if you train in nature (laughs) you're somehow better than a guy who trains in a gym (laughs) yeah it's Um, just more animalistic yeah exactly exactly it's more hardcore (laughs) like i want to like you know when you said that the the head weights thing about mm-hmm. Atlas, like I'm sure there mm-hmm. is some sort of symbolism there. But when I was yeah. watching it, I was just like, "What the hell? Is this, what is going on here? Looks, what is he doing?" It just looks so on stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, the WHS situation. <laughs> but then, but then in the boxing ring, when um, Victor punches him really hard in the face, there's this part where the voiceover says, "Oh, and, and like." He's recovered really well. Victor's really surprised by that. And I guess that's because he's been carrying weights on his head or something. <laughs> Don't worry. I get rid of all the time. Um, 
one thing I should note about the training montages, I don't think the music is, is the score is as strong in this film as was in Creed. Um, Ludwig Göransson is the composer behind both scores, and I thought in the original Creed he did an absolutely magnificent job of integrating um, elements of Bill Conti's original Rocky score and um, <coughs> coming up with a new Creed theme. Um, and what um, what Göransson drew out of um, the original Bill Conti um, theme or score was that if you play the Rocky theme without the without the trumpet fanfare, if you play the actual melody of the theme and slow it down, it's actually an extremely sad um, melody. And so that that feeds into the notion of of Rocky being a sad character. Um, and the training montage in the original Creed had an amazing piece of music playing over it. It's, it's basically Creed giving his own theme, and then there's a there's a choral bit which kicks in, which sort of um, r- recalls the sort of choral bit in the in the original um, Rocky theme song um, composed by Bill Conti. I don't think the theme was as strong, uh, the score was as strong at this time because there were just there was a bit more sort of generic action movie music in in the score, which I think made the music playing over the the training monta- the central training montage in this film, perhaps less uh, powerful than it was in the original Creed, um, and I think the, the this particular uh, film tried to give the Dragos a musical theme, but it sounded like sort of generic kind of pseudo Russian music, and it yeah. probably wasn't as effective. Um, I, I, there is a moment in the film in the final fight when. The Rocky, the Rocky theme kicks in, both with the fanfare and then the main, the main melody, which didn't actually happen in the original theme, the original film. You only had the fanfare, and that was that was a stirring moment. Um, but beyond that, the, I don't think the the score reached quite the quite the sort of um, high notes that the that the score of the original Creed did. Um, and so I, that's why I don't think the training, despite the training montage being more OTT in this film, I don't think it was actually quite as stirring and awesome as the as the training montage in the first creed yeah well the training montage in this film does end with him doing full tom cruise sprint in the middle of the arizona desert just like i was like how is this guy doing this this is he's (laughs) like you go running in the in the middle of the day now right in sydney and you're done (laughs) within like 200 meters right the sky is I heard, I read somewhere that Michael B. Jordan was constantly irritable during the filming of this, of this movie, because apparently he was just, um, over-exercised and hungry, right? Because, because he had to stay lean, essentially, (laughs) for, because, because, I mean, okay, this is one of the, okay, this, this film in some ways is not really realistic of boxing, right? Because the way boxers work is that they are only in that fighting shape for the fight. Most boxers, when they're walking around, are not sort of ripped, like, six-pack types of guys, right? Like, you mm. they put on weight and then they cut the weight for the fight, right? And so Michael B. Jordan, as an actor who's playing a boxer, though, has to maintain the fantasy, which means that he is constantly not you know, eating, like, a very specific diet, you know, like, probably cutting down on his water intake so that there's, yeah. like, definition. And then, at the same time, he's being forced to do these ridiculous exercises in front of camera, doing them with decent technique so that he looks good. I'd be super hangry as well, right? Yeah. I would be. Cool. <laughs> um, For sure. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so um, I guess like um, a couple of other things that um, I wanted to know. Um, so Tessa Thompson in this film, like one of the, there was a scene that I um, thought may have been um, controversial. Well, not controversial, but I'm, I'm not sure everybody would have liked this scene. I ended up liking the scene and I'd like to discuss it with you guys to see what you guys thought of it. Um, basically, when Creed walks into the arena for the last fight, um, Tessa Thompson um, sings her music. To, as his, mm-hmm. as his, instead of having music playing over the speakers, it, like, and so Tessa Thompson basically leads, uh, well, Bianca basically leads Adonis Creed out um, of the, out of the training room into the actual arena to the booze of the Russian fans, right? And mm-hmm. um, I actually like at first I thought it was a little bit like, come on, like it, it didn't feel like. Initially, like, th- what is she doing there? Yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah what is she doing there? But then, yeah. like, as that scene kind of wore on, I kind of grew to kind of like it because I felt like it tied into this film of family and this idea of active support. Because I think in a lot of other... Like, in the Rocky films, you have Adrian who supports Rocky, but Adrian can never... is always, like... Like, if she's at his fights, she's always looking away. She's not actively supporting him, right? She's supporting Mm -hmm. him physically by being there, but she doesn't like the idea of fighting, right? But with Bianca, you kind of have this slightly different character who obviously doesn't like seeing her husband get hurt, but she's a much more active support member in his boxing crew, right? Like, he gives Mm -hmm. her tips, right? She's like... She's like, you know, keep your right hand up. Uh, and, like, mm. you know, she's in his room as he's getting his wraps put on. So, like, it, it's, it's kind of like, I felt like it was this evolution. Like, you have one type of archetype of a boxing wife, and then you have the evolution of that, which is um, Bianca, who is, like, highly involved in her husband's life, has her own career. And the way she can actively support her husband in this and be part of his corner is by walking out with him and playing her music with him as he walks out, right? So, like, initially I thought that was a little bit of a naff scene, but the more I thought about it, the more I felt like it kind of fit the fit the story. The theme. So, you know, at the, at the first time when he fights Victor, he makes the decision without consulting, um, what's her name? What's his wife? Bianca. Bianca. He, Bianca. He, he doesn't consult her, and I think she makes a point of that. Um, at a later time. So I guess you're right. In this sort of final scene, the idea is this is more of a, like he has taken his family into account. He has um, sort of involved them more and the support is more, it, it is more of a team thing. And so she is part of that that team that walks out with him. And she's like a fundamental part because she's singing the song. And I also like that, you know, when, when, when he first walks out to fight Victor, it's very flashy. It's very, you know, it's, 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 it's flashy and it's look at me, I'm the champ. Here's my belt. Um, you know, I'm amazing. And the belt's still there in the second scene because he's still the champion, but it's, it's darker now. It's still flashy as, but it's, it's darker, right? It's yeah. not as, um, flamboyant, right? Because yeah. it is more serious this time. He's not really the champion, even though he technically is. And I also think it's important that she's there. Well, it's not necessarily important, but I think 
it makes sense that she's there the second time round because now he has a child with um, with needs, and he, you know, if he is going to go do something that could get him killed, he really does need the full support of like his wife needs to be on board with that. That cannot be a decision he makes on his own, right? So, so showing her very full support, I think, was like important. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, I okay. just thought I just thought the song was rubbish. That's <laughs> with that scene. I just think I just didn't think it was a very good song. In fact, both of them, she she has two singing scenes in this movie, and both of them in both of them the song was awful, um, which is really surprising. Is, is brilliant, right? But she's but like her, voice is, her voice. Her voice is very nice, uh, and you would have thought that they'd sort of be better songs because, as I understand, like I think the rumor is that Tessa Thompson is going out with Janelle Monet in real life and like Janelle Monet is kind of awesome so you would have thought the music would be better but it's not yeah I think it's implied that she's an ultra hipster artist right like really sort of mm. niche uh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know it's it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea but I thought the act of it was important yeah. for the yeah. film yeah yeah can I, can I can I just raise something that is I think it was Anager who asked uh, a little earlier, where does this franchise go after this? And that's, that's a very pertinent question given that he's like vanquished the man who, the, the son of the man who killed his father. So in a sense, you're like, where do you go now? And sort of Rocky's take, Rocky's bowing out. Here's my idea. My idea is Apollo Creed had another called Achilles Creed. Achilles Creed is going to emerge and challenge Apollo Creed. And so it's going to be Creed versus Creed. I'm all for that. Creed 3. Creed 3. There needs to be another Creed. You need to have a twin. Three Creed's. There are three, right? There's Apollo, Achilles, and Adonis. So Adonis versus Achilles Creed, and it'll be... It's just going to be awesome. And and the thing is, Achilles Creed is like really evil as well. He's he's played by Michael B. Jordan, but he's like disfigured. And, and Apollo and Adonis wins by knocking Achilles out in the heel. <laughs> Isn't this Black Panther? Isn't this the story of Black Panther? Didn't we already see this film? Yeah, no, no. And, and all the more, all the more reason to get Ryan Cooper back to direct. Boom. Uh, so basically, they switch their roles. Right I now. was thinking The Rock. If The Rock could be there as a trainer or somebody, oh I'd yeah, The Rock going. should be there totally as a trainer. So, so I think I think I, I'm expecting a royalty check. Uh, phenomenal. Okay, so in three or four years' time, when this film comes out, the, the, everybody come back to this podcast and watch Gerald be clairvoyant. <laughs> Or maybe not. <laughs> Here's my co-points. Maybe not. <laughs> um, okay, okay, so before we end, let me talk about, like, my major criticism of this film, and I'd love to see what you guys think, is actually the way he wins the fight at the end. Like, it's unclear to me what changed in the fight to make him suddenly win, because he got horribly mm. injured in the second fight, and then all of a sudden, the theme song music plays, and then he's like, 
I'm winning. And Ivan Drago, sorry, Victor Drago kind of puts his hands down and just starts getting hit in the face, like, clean, like, 30 times in a row. It's like, I, I didn't... <laughs> as a fight, it... <laughs> Look, I know this is a movie, and I know this is a Rocky movie, right? So, the fight scenes are not super realistic, right? Like, the way the fight scenes are portrayed, every hit is very clean, right? Like, everything is clean, clean hits to the head, clean hits to the body. Um, there's, I was saying to Mags that, like, you, <laughs> there's a scene kind of where, at the beginning of the round, where, like, um, Michael B. Jordan throws, like, a one, two, three, like a jab cross hook and like Victor Creed blocks it and it literally it's this it's like perfect blocking right it's blocking that you would only be able to do if you knew the other guy was throwing a one two three right so it's (laughs) kind of like everything in this like the fight scenes I know are made like the camera work is great right so they look really brutal but they're rocky fight scenes right so they're highly choreographed every hit is very clean like every hit is a clean haymaker that would knock a normal man to the ground like if you copped a hook to the chin like the way they do in the film you'd be down for the count like at the most two or three times, right? There's no way you can cop clean hits to the head like that, right? So it's film it's film fighting, and I'm willing to kind of let that slide. But at the same time, like, I kind of wish there was more story in the way he kind of came back in that final fight. Maybe I missed something there, but was there a reason why he suddenly was able to dominate Victor like that? <laughs> I, I was kind of unclear what, 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 what the... Yeah, the, the only change between the first fight and the second was that he, uh, he was uh, more agile in getting out of the corner. Yeah. That I was mean, it. Yeah. I just couldn't, I could not detect, I could not actually detect the difference. Like, w- there is that moment when he is knocked down and he seems to be co- out cold. Um, and just like the first, just like the first one, he sort of, he sort of revives and and manages to to beat the count, and it's not entirely sure. It's not entirely clear to me how how he managed to get up. You know, one moment he's, he's out cold, and then um, there's a flashback to to various things in various scenes in his life, and the next thing we know, the music the music is um, soaring, and he's, he's he's punching the he's punching the floor of the ring. Um, but where Look, let, let's just say that, um, yeah, like he, uh, he, he's, 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 he, he went from, he, he put aside his, his Bruce Banner and became the Hulk. Yeah, because it was uh, cause weird. There's, there's, there's no other explanation. Because it was weird, right? Because the way that second fight was portrayed was that he got, like, so he had, apparently it's like he had better endurance and he was able to cop more hits, right? Because he had trained his neck with the crazy neck mm-hmm. exercises and he's faster as well and so he's, and he's faster but then he gets <laughs> hit in the ribs again and it makes it seem like he's broken his ribs again and Victor mm. has taken no discernible damage he's taken a little bit of damage but clearly doesn't have broken ribs yet the guy with broken ribs gets up and proceeds to pummel the guy without broken ribs it was mm. it was Plus he's, he's, isn't it the whole wasn't that whole um, fight scene, the difference was his mindset. Wasn't that the whole thing where Rocky goes, now you know what you're fighting for? Yeah. So he's a- I mean, that's the whole point about, to mm. me anyway, it was about the heart. He had the heart, whereas Victor didn't have the same heart. And also, apparently, Victor didn't have the same stamina. 
I remember one of the Yeah, because that's right. You're right, Maggie. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, one of the commentators was saying he hasn't He's never fought an opponent beyond ten rounds or whatever. Exactly. Four rounds. Yeah. Four rounds. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the implication was that he gassed, and so because he yeah. gassed, his hands were down, and yeah, okay, maybe. And, and the yeah. reason why um, Creed could get up was because of his mindset and his heart. He's well, literally his heart. His incredible cardio, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Is> what... <laughs> so basically, 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 Victor was uh, Victor was Mike Tyson because, like, when 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 Ty- after Tyson had won the the world the world heavyweight title um, and was defending it, like, didn't he go through a period when he didn't have a single fight that went past a round and a half because he'd just knock everyone out cold? Yeah, Tyson, um, yeah. But the thing the thing is that Tyson. Like, Tyson's later fights, the reason he gassed was because he was just not in as good a shape as he was in the... Oh, yeah, and, 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 he, yeah. And, he couldn't be, and he couldn't be asked. Like, he, he yeah. just... His heart was in it. Like, you, you could see that he was there to collect a paycheck, and if he won, bonus. But if he didn't, then then he, he didn't really care. I mean, the last time he actually seriously cared about a fight was when he, he, he took a bit out of Evander Holyfield's ear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, yeah. Like, I think. Is there anything else we want to say about Creed? Two. Sorry, is going to be a masterpiece. Yeah, I don't. Well, you heard it here, folks. The spoiler plot for Creed Three. You heard it here first. <laughs> Achilles. Achilles Creed. Okay. Okay, guys, thanks so much for joining me this week to talk about Creed 2. Um, next next time on Pop Culture Double Date, I think we're going to have a treat. I think we are going to talk about Aquaman. So, Yay! I know. Anna Jo is so excited about this. So am I. That's a lie. I'm not excited about Aquaman at all. So, um, yeah, see you guys next week. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.